Hey, everybody. Bill here with another episode of The Debrief. Today, I speak with Brian, the CEO, and Mariana, the VP of Marketing of Kion, formerly known as Cloud Tamer. We worked with them about seven months ago now. This is a must watch. If you are a Series A or seed stage B2B SaaS company, these are your people. They're speaking about the exact things you're thinking about and you're going through, especially when it comes to going through a rebrand. So again, we just went through this project with them and now we spend the time talking about uh, how they experienced that, what they were thinking about going in, what they actually experienced coming out and everything in between. So enjoy. Okay, excited to be chatting again. It's been a while. Um, uh, I, I often go back and I see exactly how long it's been. I didn't do that. I'm just thinking about that now. So I actually don't know how long it's been. What are we looking at uh, since, I guess, since we decoupled? When we were done with the project? When was that? Maybe. It's... Well, so November is when we Seven. publicly launched the new brand. Um, and so, I mean, we're right now at about five months into Kion. So uh, I think there is some other work, Mariana, that, that we've been continuing yeah. to do with Focus post uh, the brand launch. But the main unveiling has been five months now uh, in, in the past. So Yeah, so we've yet to completely decouple, but um, yeah, uh, certainly been a few months definitely since the rebrand. Yeah. And for what it's worth, we don't, we don't want you to ever decouple. Um, <laughs> but yes, but then you had a couple months in there building up and gearing up for your launch. So even like at the end of our first kind of project piece with you to where we are now, we're at least, you know, six, seven months probably into that time frame. So yep. a good bit, although it doesn't, it feels long, but then it doesn't feel that long. It's kind of yeah. that weird thing that happens. So, so what are we doing here? We're going to chat about the project. So for the viewers and the listeners, uh, the purpose here is really to just be as transparent and genuine and authentic as possible, right? We want to talk about the project. We want to talk about how you were feeling entering into the project, what your pain points were, the things you were nervous about. We want people to be able to watch this and have their takeaway say, oh, they're experiencing the same things that I'm experiencing. And then they actually get to hear from you all, not just the things that we might preach on our site, right? Go right to the source. So here we are, we are at the source. So the first question, the first series of questions that I ask is pre-project, right? So these are gearing up into the project. And the first question is, um, how did you know that it was time to rebrand effectively? Like what was the pain point that you're like, Hey, we got to rebrand. I'll start Marianne and then feel free to chime in. Um, for us in the space that we were in, we previously were known as cloud tamer, very literal, very, what, what do we do? You, you tame the cloud. There's cloud complexity that we're taming. Um, there were a lot of companies that were in the space that we are in that largely looked, sounded, felt like us. Cloud fill in the blank, fill in the blank cloud as part of the name, uh, the sea of tech SaaS blue and the palettes, um, the just general messaging and focus around the here and the now of what it means to largely tame or control your cloud. 
And what we heard from our customers was that our product, our approach was kind of anything but that. It really went beyond just taming the cloud and help them focus on what the innovation potential was in their organization. It helped them optimize their overall effectiveness of their resources. It helped them think about how they could focus on transformation efforts that they're doing inside their organization. And when we kind of heard that, and then you kind of couple that with what people first saw when they went to our website or maybe saw our logo at a trade show, we look like and kind to everything. And mm -hmm. that was when I think as a leadership team, we had that, I don't know, that aha moment of, should we really look at trying to stand out of it from the crowd? We're hearing from our customers that we do, but how can we make that visual brand and just statement stand out there as well? So that's what really, I think, was that moment that we looked at, and this was going back all the way to the really the beginning of 2021, when as a leadership team, we came together and said, you know what, this is kind of a bold move for the size of company where we are, but we really felt to compete in the market that we are in and to help grow, this was one of the best decisions that we could make. Marianne, anything additional there that you'd add? Yeah, no, I mean, totally agree with what Brian is saying and echoing that, you know, it, it's, there was just a lot of sameness and it, it, we weren't really standing out. We weren't really doing due justice to what we were delivering to customers. Um, and also I think a little bit of, you know, while obviously there had been effort put into the brand up until that time, um, I think also realization we could put a little bit more focus there. So I think all of those things kind of came together to say, it's time for us to reassess here. Yeah, great. Not too dissimilar from uh, a lot of our clients. There was something that you said, Brian, that a I think would be great for you to unpack a little bit. You said it was a bold move for a company of your size. I think we are often hearing from a variety of companies at different sizes. And, and so I guess contextualize that a little bit. So, so that the listeners and viewers again are like, well, what size are they? How bold yeah. was that? So we, at the time had only raised a seed round of funding. Um, we had raised that back at the end of 2018. The goal was we knew we were going into 21 as a fundraising year. And given, again, our size, how much we're really spending, I'd say, on marketing as a whole as part of mm. just the overall function of the company. I mean, this is a significant investment, right? And it's not just the dollars. It's time and focus that you have to go through to get the results that, you know, you, you want to see from a rebrand, right? You, you want to see ownership into what that new identity is and for us you know that was a kind of a big decision where where do we put that money to work and mm -hmm. is it you, you do you put that money to work in you know kind of continuing the motion forward or do we go back and say you know now is that line in the sand we are moving from at the, at the stage where we were seed company to a series a company we're moving from predominantly in our history of supporting a lot of government clients into now being a little bit more diverse in our market where we're now competing for a lot of commercial logos, higher ed logos. We wanted to stand out more again from the crowd. And, and that was kind of always at our forefront 
of why do we go and make this investment now versus later. And it's one of these things where if you wait, you're going to carry even more baggage with you. So, you know, we, again, very, I feel like it was a bold move, but something that, you know, we're happy that we went through and the results have been, have been great so far. Yeah. Great. Thanks for unpacking that. I, I do feel like it is a bold move um, at that size. You're right. Which is why I kind of wanted you to, to kind of speak to that. I, I think there are probably a lot of clients or, or potential clients that, oh, we're not ready for that yet. Or that's too much of our spend. We can't put it there yet. And it always feels self-serving for us to argue the other way, right? It never feels authentic. So we're like, yeah, but that's one of the most important things you could do. But it's like, yeah, right. Sometimes, right? But then some people like yourselves already come to that conclusion. So then there well, and, you know, becomes that good marriage. And we were a bit different than a traditional startup. We were we spun out of a uh, professional services organization. So we, mm. we looked a little different than what your normal you know, traditional startup was. But I never will forget a conversation that we had with our investors that we ended up selecting to move into our Series A and, and, and brought them officially into our, our business. When they were doing diligence, um, we talked about this rebrand and why we're going after and doing that. And they they kind of they're like, is this really the best use of you know this funding? Um, that during their diligence, they talked to some of our customers, and one of them in particular, they said that literally confused us with the name of a competitor more than half the times in the actual like testimonial for how great we were. And it was that moment of like, yeah, it probably is a good idea to try to stand out from this. So uh, that that was a good bit of validation, I think, more than anything from uh, uh, from them and, and seeing that first and foremost up front, just about the noisiness in the space that we were in. And we knew that while we had a fundamental different approach, if we largely looked and felt the same as others, we're always going to be compared directly to others mm -hmm. versus being able to stand out a little bit more. Yeah, love it. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't give a little shout out to Lexicon. Obviously, you went through the you know renaming the company, right? So working with Lexicon, an awesome partner of ours, we respect the work they do. Got your got your new name, and then came to Focus Lab, and then we took the rest of the journey. Yeah, and David and his team there were great to work with. Uh, you know, a story I love sharing about their efforts when we first started. They talked about the importance of like the psychology of a name. And, you know, they use this example of they were working with some client that was launching like a weight loss product. And they said, you know, for a weight loss product, we want to stick to I's and B's in the name because they're very slimming versus M's or like wider characters. And I was like, I've, I've never thought about that at that level when I think about and see mm -hmm. something visually. And it was just one of those elements that just kind of stuck out to me of, I, I definitely don't think like this. And you guys have a bunch of linguists on your team that do, and you have, you know, brand, uh, not even brand, I guess just, just, just naming specialists. And that was just, just wild to me that people frankly think like that from a person in a tech dominated industry, that there mm -hmm. are people that, that are thinking through all those different lenses that come up with the, the, the results. So that process, I want to say, Mariana, we went through like around 60 or so potential names to down select to, to basically Kion and a couple others that we came back to Bill, you and your team at Focus with, with 
this is how we think this direction that we want to go in from a, at least a naming perspective to be that vessel that the brand can kind of kind of build. Yeah, from. I think that was one of the, the there were a several fun times in this whole process, you know, including obviously working with the focus team. But, you know, there just were a lot of fun times when you had the chance to just be aware and experience things you never thought before, you know, to Brian's mm. point about how names are constructed and, and the thought that's put into them. I mean, I could have spent a lot of time just talking with the lexicon team because it was just fascinating work. Right. And, and um, just so interesting to hear some of, some of their experience and everything, um, you know, as much as it's challenging to go through a rebrand and, you know, there's a lot of work involved from everyone, you know, both, on you know on the customer side and the firm side it's also very fun at times right because you're exposed to things that aren't really in your wheelhouse you know on a day-to-day basis and you're just the creativity and everything you know there were certainly were a bunch of, of times where i just would have liked to have talked more about various things right you know just 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 sat and talked about stuff you know at that kind of obviously prevents things from moving forward a bit. So you, you know, you have to restrain yourself, but just some interesting times with the team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was quite and we journey. took, not to maybe cut over a couple of things here, but our approach, you know, we took a small team that, you know, we kind of read into this secret project across the company and it was, you know, a person largely from different departments that became that core team. Mariana and I were certainly a part of, and, um, it, that was a really cool experience as well, because this was a way to kind of get a few people that you want to be thinking about the future of your company and your brand involved in this development of what the new next chapter is going to look like. And to go back to Mariana's point, I think exposing them to this almost it's an ideation process that starts at the very beginning around what do we want to be? What are the attributes of our brand that we want to be known for? What are, you know, there's messaging, but that comes very much later. But that process, I think, helps to institutionalize a bit of that brand throughout your organization versus it just being something that, let's just say, Marianne and I just led just ourselves and then we had to kind of go top down versus it kind of being something where we could organically spread that out across the company and and uh, get that level of excitement uh, to happen as organically as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. So, so you knew that you're going to go through the process, but then comes that next question, which is, okay, who the hell are we going to work with? What are we looking for? How are we going to choose the right partner? So without trying to only highlight things that Focus Lab is potentially good at, and maybe only the reasons you picked us, for instance, what were you looking for in a partner for this? You know, I think a couple things. I think, you know, when we started going down the path, you know, we did look at a variety of options. And, you know, from what I might call maybe a traditional option. And by that, I mean a quote unquote traditional marketing agency that has rebranding, branding as part of its its portfolio, so to speak, all the way to firms who are specializing there, you know, like, like Focus does. And, 
you know, we were first introduced to focus via referral. And I think referral is something that I would just kind of note as just raise up again as just being such a powerful thing, because this kind of goes back, Bill, to what you were saying, you know, we found Lexicon through a referral that you made. And, you know, you made a, a couple other referrals to us of folks that we we ended up working with. So I think, you know, just you can't discount the power of that. But so we did talk to several people. I think I think it became clear, though, that there was a lot of value in working with someone where this was a specialty and where this was where the focus was on. Right. Um, that I think became really apparent. It's kind of like that, that the old adage about, you know, if you're going in <laughs> to some extent, if you're going into a restaurant, right. And there's a hundred page menu, how confident can you really feel? Right. You know, 100%. there is, you know, there's real value in, in working with a team who is specialized and who has the resources um, to to go over that, you know, to go through that complete project and everything involved with the brand, you know, from from visual to verbal to preparing your internal team. And I just think as we as we talked more and we talked internally, and we kind of debriefed. Um, that just became a real selling point and something that we realized, hey, we, we probably want to narrow down a little bit and, and look for someone in that in that sweet spot. And, and I'll just share something that, you know, Marianne, I remember from the very first points when you kind of brought up focus that, you know, you thought was a good fit is the fact that you guys have worked with a lot of tech SaaS companies and mm -hmm. A lot of the ways that you measure your success is not just, hey, there was a completed branding project, but right. what the company was able to achieve after that branding, whether it was raising more capital, whether it was IPOing in some cases, whether it was mm -hmm. like, and, and that was just so refreshing. I, I just found because, you know, again, it, it like we want to build genuine long-term partnerships with the, the firms that we work with in, in, in just about everything that we do, right? There's very few just like, ah, this is going to be a one-off project and we'll never need to go back to this, this company again. But having that focus, <laughs> to, to say the least. See, like, it's, working. Yeah, should, it's working. It's working. It's working. It's <laughs> working. It's truth in advertising. Uh, but no, it, it, that was just a really interesting way to stand out i thought and it it compelled me to learn more um about your work with will initially and it was just a very cool experience to to see a firm focused on outcomes of their customer not just branding project done yeah I, I think there's something really key here too which is is unique which is you know, yeah, we could see ourselves, so to speak, right, when we looked at your portfolio of clients, right? But what I think still stands out to me is your following of your clients. So, you know, a lot of folks, obviously, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of companies, right, will have a, a reference or a case study. And that's great, right? And, and you want that. You want a deeper dive into the customer story and show how you help folks. All, all good. You know, but I think something that 
I just think is really refreshing and unique is that you still follow your customers. So when they have a success, you're amplifying that, right? Whether they're raising funding or IPOing or, or whatever. And, you know, I just think that kind of that connection that you're, you're, you maintain, it, it's just very refreshing. It's different. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. It's, I think to us, it's, it's almost funny when I hear that, I, it sounds like a, well, of course we would do that. Right. I think it just comes natural to us. It's just kind of like part of our being, you know, going back to that decoupling statement in the beginning. Yeah. There's like a natural, maybe from a project and a scope of work decoupling, but for us, there's never like a, a full decoupling, right. Cause we were like in a thing together. Like we've in a way, like we fought a battle together, right? So like we 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 want to still be a part of that success. We want to say like, oh my God, they're killing it out there. How can we continue to support them and amplify them again to use your uh, to use your words? And I and I actually love that part of the job, quite frankly. Like people say, you know, where do you get the joy out of out of your role these days, Bill? It's certainly not like design anymore. It was that for a very long time for me as one of the early designers. It is now amplifying my team and our clients, right? That's where I get my joy from, which is part of the reason we're here. So awesome to hear that we, we fit the mold, you selected us. So now we can go into the in project, um, questions. So, so people have kind of probably going to assume, well, this must've been a home run the entire time. It sounds like it was just rainbows and smiles. And maybe it was the majority of the time, but I have to ask, like, what was the challenging part, right? Like, cause these are not easy. Yeah. Go ahead, Marianne. I'm curious your thoughts and I'll, I'll fill in. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I mean, I think there were, there were little challenges throughout. I think to me, and from my perspective, that the time that ended up presenting the most kind of sustained challenge was when we got into website design, just because there's so many decisions there and there's so many variables to look at and and you are cognizant of a time frame right you you know while it would be nice mm. to, to kind of spend more time certainly i think it, that just became a little challenging because it's just it's where the rubber hits the road so to speak and you are trying to get consensus and consensus with knowing that you've got this schedule right um you know so i think to me that was really the most challenging time yeah, and I think that's spot on, you know, just knowing the timeline that we were driving towards here. So we didn't want this, again, this was a, a year, almost year long project, but we knew that going into the end of COVID, quote, quote, and I'll say we're still dealing with COVID, but the, the, sure. the reopening of the world at the end of last year, for us uh, in the space that we're in, there's a major conference that was at the end of um actually beginning of december last week in november out in las vegas called aws reinvent we wanted to have a new brand for that that was the first really large in-person gathering of people so but we didn't want to launch the brand at that conference we wanted to have a little bit of runway before then so it was kind of backing up to some of these dates of well how long is this piece going to take and just sequencing all of these events. And, and that's something I give a lot of credit to Mariana, making sure just we were, you know, tracking along the way. And certainly there had to be some some trade-offs in different stages, but that was certainly something that kind of jumps out. I think the other piece was, you know, I, I think the first time that we saw that visual identity 
and the different options that you guys presented. I know myself, I was like, I'm not sure I see either one of these three. Like I, I, there's elements I like of this, there's elements I like of this. I'm not exactly sure where they're going, but they seem to understand our, our business enough at that point that I was like, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's do a couple revs. And I think, again, this is why I think it's super important to have people that are read into this type of a project that are more than just, you know, the CEO, right. Where there is a little bit of views from different, you know, kind of different angles and different lenses, because that for me just helped me kind of get through, you know, some of the elements of the three options that were initially proposed, hearing from Bill, your team about ones that they were really passionate about and what they thought really could make it stand out was important. And, you know, that was something that just really jumped out, um, you know, to us, I think around at that point, in my opinion, you guys had proven that you understand our business, which not every marketing firm out there does. That was one of the biggest frustrations I had going into an engagement like this, where we'd work with a number of firms before in the past, and they would simplify cloud to a level that the, the our target audience would never be able to relate to. You guys at that point, because we'd gone through the visual or the, the verbal identity, and we'd gone through, you know, this brand attributes and gone through a few revs on copy of like, here's what our our overall messaging is and, and things like that, that, that it really helped to solidify that, you know, again, your, your team understood us. Um, and in, in a lot of cases was able to articulate what we do maybe better than what we could, um, which was really cool to be able to see and then take that bet somewhat together on, you know, we're going in this visual direction and we're going to rev on it till we get to a point where we feel that, you know, we have a, a logo, we have a, a mark, and we have something that now we can build on from a full visual identity perspective. Yeah, that revving, as you as you call it, that iteration, right? Like it's uh, it's an it's an important part of the process. It's an important part of our process. I I don't know. I've never worked in other agencies. That's it's another unique aspect of our business. Like we've built this from the ground up over thirteen years now, building trial and error, and I think that has has helped us in a lot of ways, right? Because we have learned what actually works for people as opposed to if I had spent 20 years in a traditional agency, maybe I would come out of that with my own biases of what we should be doing and, and all that. So uh, iteration, iteration, iteration. We're all on the journey together. Uh, so what's coming off the challenging aspects, what was the most rewarding? I'll say for me, I think it was, it's something that, Will, I think, said at the very beginning of this being somewhat of a freeing experience, right? It's the preconceived notions of what your identity was before, and then being able to actually see it come together. For us, I mentioned the company was a bit different in the sense that we spun out of a consulting company, and there was about six people that did that. At the time, we had, you know, those six people that had joined at the very beginning. We've had other people that were, you know, had joined really in the very early stage of the company. And then we had people in the later stage of the company. And in a way, it almost felt like, you know, we had the old guard, the new guard. And, mm. you know, this was a way as we kind of took this next chapter, both in terms of brand identity, but also with our Series A that we raised 
to really kind of clearly turn the page on the next chapter and be able to communicate that out to the team, get genuine excitement around that. Um, and, you know, again, I think that this comes back to the fact that you guys have helped a lot of companies that we were able to take a lot of advantage of lessons learned mm -hmm. on how to do this right. So we internally unveiled the brand about two months before we publicly unveiled the brand. And there was a great bit of buzz and excitement and enthusiasm with that that really, you know, I thought I thought just brought the company together. And again, going back to COVID as a unique time in all of our histories, but we going us going from this purely remote world and we made the decision to go remote first as a company. We brought everybody together physically for that moment of we're no longer cloud tamer. We're now Kion. And that was for me just a really powerful thing to experience um, with people and and feel that energy that we were able to kind of capitalize on. Yeah, and it that really was a special time, I think, you know, and it was a an opportunity to to bring folks together literally, but to do that, you know, coming together anew, so to speak, is Kion. So, and I think, you know, rewarding in the sense of being able, you know, that again, that was a recommendation that that your team made that we, that we, you know, do this. And it's not just like, you know, a week before, oh, you know, here's some stuff and, you know, you're going to be working at a new place, essentially, you know. Um, so I, I think the ability to get enough done, so to speak, and to be in a good place, you know, what, six weeks or more before, um, more than that, more like two, two, two and a half months before we actually um, launched that, that was pretty special. And it was, it was rewarding to be able to be in that spot where we had enough done. We had a good brand story, right? Mm -hmm. The messaging was there. So being able to, to, do that and bring everyone together um, was kind of a nice little sort of mini affirmation before we got into the final last push, so to speak, which, you know, the, the, as with anything toward the end of a project, it gets, it gets a little dramatic and a little, um, a little nerve wracking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All the fears, the final run on all the fears, right? Oh my God, is this going to work? Are people going to hate it? Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm I'm happy that our experience was able to even suggest those types of things. Like, hey, this is how you should really lean into this. Do not do the week before. Hey, we got a new website. You know, it's, it's like a Slack message. Nobody really talks about it, and it's just like, okay, I guess, I guess we just have a new look, right? And it, it's it's yeah. so much time and energy and money and purpose and vision is put into these there's, it's just such a shame if it's left to that, it has to be bigger than that. It has to, even if sometimes it almost feels like you're, you're over indexing on how big or important it is, but you almost can't, right? Like just embrace it and make it this giant moment in the company. And if you do that, people will follow, right? The team's like, wow, this is a really important thing. Holy, holy crap. But this is an important thing. If you don't make it that, then like, you know, you leave it to chance. Well, and I think the other part is for every company, given their stage of growth, that looks a little different, right? For us, sure. it was, you know, we 
we led up to the event with the internal event, that is with some teasers that we had posted just like on our internal Slack, you know, paid, you know, uh, ch uh, channels. And then we'd had a few emails that had come out. We'd sent little postcards to, you know, people's homes and said, you know, what happens after the cloud is tamed? Join us to find out. And we had, um, you know, an, an event that we brought everybody together on a Thursday uh, in August to kind of do the unveiling. And then Friday evening, we had kind of a celebration kind of event that, that went along with that. But one of the cool things that I really enjoyed was talking to some folks that hadn't been read into this, that, that were experiencing mm -hmm. this for the first time to see what it was like through their lens. And most uniformly, most people were like, we thought you were going to make us wait till Friday night before you told us what the new name was. And we literally started that first day when the in the first 45 minutes with the unveiling of what the new brand was. And it was just a really cool, engaging time. Our first kind of segment was the look back on the history of the company. Then we went and looked about the market that we're in and then, you know, finally set up what the brand is to compete for the future. And we went to break after that, after we, you know, here's the logo. And, you know, I, I just remember saying, you know, you're probably wondering what the heck a Kion is and, and why, you know, what, what's behind the name and, you know, all these things. I was like, you'll find out after the break. And we went to like a 30 minute break to let people kind of socialize and connect. And then Mariana came back and walked through, here's what the new brand means. Here's the importance of, you know, kind of caring for shepherding, growing the brand and, it was just a really cool experience. And then again, we made it a part of this natural next chapter of the company. We talked about what the product features were that we're going to be building now towards in this new identity of cloud enablement and what that really means and how we can really use our product to empower our customers to go further and faster in the cloud and what that looks like. And, you know, we brought, you know, a photographer in to get pictures of the entire company. We took uh our our logo mark lux there and we had it blown up into canvases and we had people sign those canvases that we then hung up in the office as a way to kind of memorialize like that event and it was just a really i thought effective way of being able to do that and at the end of that first day we shared that you know because we were raising our series a um we wanted to make sure that you know everyone kind of could take part in that success. So we were able to actually align this. So we announced at that point, all of our employees would be shareholders from the company from there on there on out to kind of further cement that that, that ownership element, which was just, uh, you know, again, just timing wise worked out really well to build that, like we're in this together now, this is the new yeah. brand. We're going in head, you know, both, both feet forward to make this into the best company with the best product that we possibly can. And, you know, Bill, I, just echoing what you said, it is really, really easy to skimp on mm -hmm. the internal stuff. It really is. And I, you know, I know that. And it, it's, it's just easy to say this isn't that important. And, you know, we have a real final date that we need to hit. And it's just the wrong place to, to try to, 
to squeeze back time or, or save money or whatever, or Amen. you really, you, it's going to pay dividends if you put the right emphasis on sharing internally, on socializing these major changes and, and, and not skimping on that. And I think, you know, take it further, the, the rebrand doesn't stop with the brand unveiling. And I think that's an even more typical thing that you see happen. And I think something that we have to keep an eye on is, is you have this ongoing challenge and need you know, people talk about staying on brand and yes, that's it, you know, right. Let's use the the right format of the logo and et cetera. Let's not introduce new colors, yada, yada, yada. All those are, are key, but you have to, you have to then continue to find a way to talk about the story and to talk about our values and our mission and, and try to find ways to bring that up. And I think that's where it, it, it becomes challenging for a lot of organizations, I think, is how do you, how do you keep some level of attention there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, kick the kickoff as it was done in the way that we were able to align some announcements, I think was, was really critical for us in terms of continued success, right? Yeah, you all have shared just in this little question prompt, you have shared some really valuable information that I hope that the listeners and the viewers really take to heart, which is that moment to lean into that, to have people sign something, to to remember that moment and, and give it a place kind of like in history to to not skimp at the end. It's really easy. It's easy to go back to building the things, right? Like, okay, I need to now I need to go back to like real work. I need to go back to building the tool and I need to get back into the the product itself. And it's like, well, it's, you know, this is an important thing. You can't just that the car doesn't come off the factory line and you go like, well, the car runs. So we're just going to like spray it as a color and just like ship it out. And then it's peeling in three weeks. And it's kind of like, that's like, that makes a difference, right? Like we should, we should care about that one important moment of this car's creation. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear how, how well it has gone for you all, how we were able to prompt and affect some of that and how much you just embrace the importance of all these things. It, it's, it will pay those dividends and you know it, right? So that's the, like, you're the, like a shining example of how to think about this and how to act on it. Well, and, you know, again, I think the other, I'd say just one of their areas of words of advice, there's going to be some people in your company um, or even your customers, when you go through this process, they're going to be like, uh, I like the old brand better. That was, that was better or, you know, and that's going to happen. Right. We, we heard that. Right. And I think that that's normal, right? People hate change in general, but it's something where trying to make sure that folks appreciate, they might not quite be there yet, right? They're, they're getting introduced to a new brand, a new logo, a new color palette, in some cases, all at once. When when you're going through this process, it's been a slow process. You've been gradually introduced to elements of this. It's going to take a little bit of time for sometimes that to kind of fully click and, you know, them to get it. And, and then you still may have some people who are just like, mm, I, sure. I kind of like the old, old name better. And that's fine. Uh, you know, for us, it was important that we wanted people to understand that we 
our values were not changing. You know, our platform was evolving. We're doing a lot of the things that you know and you love for us now. One of our number one values is turn customers into fans. That's never changing, right? That's something that this new brand doesn't have a thing to do with, right? But now this helps us really realign and refocus our lens on why we're doing what we're doing as an organization and what we want to have happen because of that effort. So, um, you know, again, and I think that you may not quite agree with the look, feel, color, this, that, but they'll respect it. Um, and sure. I think that's, that's, that's super important uh, to make sure that it comes across that way, not just, well, they just changed it because they wanted to, right? You know, th there there's a lot of thought that you guys, I think, helped us think through in the process that became very clear when we communicated out that brand story to our team that, you know, again, it wasn't something that we did haphazardly. This was something mm -hmm. that I really was well thought out and well aligned to what we do and the market that we're, we're, we're competing in. Yeah. Organizational clarity, right? Like what is that worth? Yeah. A really, really high price, right? And again, yeah. if you start to think about it that way, it's like, people don't need to love logos. We're not playing a logo game. We're playing the organizational clarity game and we have that, right? You know, the artwork, if you, if you will, can become subjective. That's fine. Right. But that's not going to actually slow us down from where we're going. The clarity will propel us to where we're going. All right. So, so getting into post project now, let's to not make this too, too long for everybody. Um, I want to hear about how it's been performing. So it's been, uh, it's been both a long period of time, but relatively short, right? So you've, it's not, it doesn't, it hasn't had three years to perform. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess like share thoughts on that. Yeah. And I think, you know, very well, I think, you know, it's the new brand really has truly opened up a lot of opportunities for us. Um, a lot of opportunities to, 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 make statements about who we are and our mission and how we see Kion solving unique challenges, you know, and, and, and what we can deliver. And I think it's, it's just opened up more space in a lot of ways. Um, you know, just from a, a real, you know, particular point, I, I think, you know, what we got, what your team delivered for us, just from a design perspective, opened up a lot more space. Um, and seeing it, as Brian referenced, seeing it um, on a, you know, a trade show floor come to life, I think, you know, there was certainly that minute, you know, the, the first day getting there, preparing for the show and walking up to the booth before we, you know, we, before the event was live, where, where for a second, you're like, you're still looking for the old blue for a minute, or I was, you know, but then it was just obvious what a striking impact it had on the, on the show floor, I think. Um, so I've been very pleased with, with how it's come together and, and the opportunity it's given us. And I think we've seen, you know, and one of the fears that, you know, probably anybody that goes through this project or this process is, is, is thinking about it's like, well, well, if I change my name, what's it going to do to my web traffic? What's it going to do to my conversion rates? And I think in, across the board, we've just seen an uptick. And it's it's been, in a lot of cases, a pretty substantial uptick from where we were before. Now, 
we'd made the decision, you know, because we were going through this process at the beginning of 2021, like we weren't doing substantial overhauls to our old website. We, you know, we, we knew that we had, we were shifting that investment forward into the new brand. So some of the things that we've been wanting to do for a while, we took this as an opportunity. Okay. Now we're going to, we're, we're going to go out and do that. So I think that that, you know, has been something that's kind of paid off digitally, as Mariana mentioned, on a physical, you know, level with trade shows and what we're seeing there has been really good. Um, just the the feedback that we 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 had at, at the first show, I think I mentioned earlier, we tried to tie our old brand and our new brand together a little bit. So we had a message um, on the back wall: "Welcome to the era of cloud enablement," which is where we're we're moving in into. Um, and there's a simple question, what will you do after your cloud is tamed? The question mark and little postcards that we had people fill out to write down what they wanted to do. And there was people that were saying, well, they want to take a vacation for the first time in two years. They want to be able to see their kids play baseball in the spring and not be tied to their work environment because they're dealing with some sort of cloud outage, you know, in their in the world. And we were able to take those and plaster those across that back wall as a way of, you know, I think symbolically it's like, okay, you know, we're we're, we're beyond taming now, right? And we're helping mm -hmm. our customers get beyond taming uh, and thinking about what that bigger picture, what that bigger outcome is that, you know, Kion stands for. Cloud Tamer is about, you know, getting things done, right? And we're still about getting things done, but now we're trying to get things done in a way that's going to help you move forward. Fantastic. I didn't know that about the trade show booth. I think the psychology there is powerful, actually hearing hearing you speak to it like that. That's awesome. Thank you uh, for sharing and that. And I think so, we had, I was going to say, I think we ahead. had even more engagement um, at that show. Now, we sponsored probably at a little bit larger of a level than what we normally Mm -hmm. had done in the past because again trying to make that 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 splash so to speak but that was something that i couldn't have been pleased more with just the reception that we got when you know you get a captive audience that uh is describing that you know yeah and it also highlights the importance of helping your community your your customers and folks who even have just heard of you the importance of helping them make that that bridge too, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's you know one thing that I think we put a lot of attention to, which is is reaching out to customers a little bit ahead of time, giving them a heads up. But then you know, and that you know part of it is is yeah, helping customers make that bridge and make that jump, and that's important certainly. But you know, part of it is just good business sense to use an opportunity where okay you know here's a here's the time we're still early in the transition let me help folks make that connection between the old brand and new brand until you so to speak completely let the old brand go right mm -hmm. um it just happened that that the timing and everything worked really well so we could still do a little nod right but you know then help folks to say you know now it's kai on right yeah, that's another great example of just the the devils in the details. It really is, right? Like, and I think some of that becomes really time consuming or uninteresting to maybe other organizations that are trying to speed towards a different type of finish line. And we're just constantly saying, slow down, slow down. The time you put in now is going to pay you for you know a decade. Don't rush the next two months. Two months feels like a long time. 
in SaaS tech world, even specifically, right? But like in the grand scheme of things, two months is a blip. Set yourself up for success. We didn't have to tell you all that. So I don't well, think we did anyways. Back, well, and it goes back to what you mentioned too, Bill. I mean, you, you really, there really isn't some such a thing as over communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so whenever you think of who those, you know, who the stakeholders are, right? Your customers, the folks who might be somewhere in that um, journey to being a customer, your employees, obviously extremely important. Every time you think, hey, I think we've said this enough, you probably just want to poke at that and see if, have we really, right? Because it's, it again, yeah. that's another thing that's really easy to do is it's easy for you to get insulated and know, like, I am aware of what's going on, you know, because I happen to be on the project, right? I know what's going on. Not everybody knows. And so you can't discount the importance of communicating. And just, and again, it goes, you know, just because you might've said something once, that once may not be enough. Yeah, you lived it for seven months, but they didn't live it for seven months. Almost like you need to relive it with them for another seven months. It needs to be so embedded. Yeah. And it's also just an opportunity. And this is something that, you know, I think the team did such a good job, Bill, on your side to, to help kind of reinforce that. It's an opportunity to, to, again, in some cases, it's reintroducing yourself to potential prospects that, you know, have, you know, gone, you know, silent or something like that. But it's also an opportunity to solidify customer relationships. So before we launch publicly, few days before we set up, you know, I reached out to all of our customers to ask, you know, for a, you know, 15 minute block on their calendars for to be able to read them in on this super exciting news that we had. And of course their mind, you know, will go in all sorts of different directions about what that is, are they being acquired or, you know, what's, yeah. what's happened, you know, what's going on. Like, but it was really cool to be able to share that individually with some of the most important people that have helped us get to where we are, but include them in that journey that's going to help us get to that next level together and know that they're a part of that with us. Uh, and again, we're a very customer centric culture. So that was really important for us to be able to bring along. And then when they saw, you know, Cloud Tamer is now Kion they were read into that secret a little before. They felt hopefully mm. a little bit special in that process, right? Yes. Um, it's a way to help get them that level of buy-in about you know this new brand. And again, even then, you're, you're gonna get some feedback about, oh, okay, cool, that's great. And there's gonna be others that's gonna be like, this makes a lot of sense. Like we actually heard with a couple of these conversations, it's interesting you're talking about cloud enablement. We've been using that term a lot recently inside of our organization about what we want to be known as. I'm like, huh. I was like, that's some <laughs> good validation. Maybe, you know, uh-huh. uh, a little late in that process. But that was just a cool thing, I thought, for us that, um, again, your your team encouraged us to do kind of to take that, that approach. And it really, really helped build some even deeper relationships with our customers uh, as part of this rebrand. And, and again, it's to read them in on, hey, you're a part of this. Um, this is a relationship, right? We're yeah. sharing some stuff with you and, and we want you to be, you know, bought into where we're going. And, you know, again, we, we really appreciate that partnership. It's a large journey. 
And it's not just about moving pixels around and writing great words, right? Like it's bigger than that. And I think that's what we really try to preach as both of like what we believe in and the value that we bring to these projects, right? We want to say that Focus Lab is beyond the making designs and writing words stage of a business. Like we're, our, our reach and impact is bigger than that. So I'm glad to hear some of that coming out here in the call. All right. I, I'm going to let you all go. I have this last question, which feels silly to ask because you have shared so much wisdom and insight of your experience in the call. But are there any last words that you would share with anybody considering going into a rebrand? You know, I, I think the, the only thing I would just reemphasize, again, this is an investment. It is an act that you need to think about the time that you have to invest. I, Bill, as good as your team is, I feel like if the company that you're working with doesn't carve out the cycles needed to be able to make sure that they're including that feedback loop, it is so critically important. So we, I, I just feel like it's something that we really, truly benefited uh, from. And it, it just it, it, in that process, like it was something that w without that time commitment, we, we would never have been able to get as happy of a result as, as we would have gotten. And I mean, you know, one of the things I, I really enjoyed about the approach that you guys took with the quick videos every Friday to go through the deliverables like that was a way if i'm running behind i can click 2x watch that video get a quick snapshot of okay this is what you're trying to to convey this is at least how you're thinking not just here's the output i'm reading in a document or i'm seeing in a um a visual design like that was really cool to help make sure that that investment of time on our side was spent really focused in the right direction so that'd just yes. be my 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 area uh there mariana Love it. I support that. Yeah. And I think just, just to add a little bit there, which is, I mean, I totally agree with what Brian is saying, the carving out the time, making the time because, you know, time is, is precious. It's the most valuable asset. You know, obviously there's a monetary investment here, but there is a time investment. You have to make that, you know, you just, you have to do that. Um, I think the only other thing I would say is kind of, and this is an adjacent point, I think, but it also look at this project, look at the rebrand effort as not quote unquote, just a marketing effort, right? It, it, that, that doesn't do it justice. And I think it goes back to, you know, how we developed our, our project team, you know, that we made sure that we were hearing voices throughout the company and that they had, a, a big seat at the table, you know, this does have to, you know, bloom and blossom, so to speak, beyond marketing and, and, and be an all in company thing. Um, and then, and then I think if you can do that, then that translates, then you hit those success points down the road as you're, as you're planning, right. You make sure you do an internal rollout approach. You think about what your, your customers are seeing and feeling potentially. Um, so just just that idea that this is a company effort, not a one department effort um, and getting buy in, getting participation as you need from across the company. I think that will serve a lot of dividends for somebody, you know, 
saying, okay, how do we get started? You know, how do we, how do we approach this? Fantastic. Those two points alone, I've got to say those two points alone of carving out the time, making sure you have the time, right? Which is, you know, let's call it two to five hours a week on the client side, right? And having that team buy-in and understanding of what, what we're doing, why we're going into it, who's going to be involved and what the, what the outcomes might be. Getting those two boxes checked on the client side before working with Focus Lab probably cures 90% of all ailments, honestly, right? Those start to become two of the bigger hiccups going through a project. We don't have time to do this. We can't get the feedback to, or we're super busy. It's like, that's really going to disrupt the process as well as the, oh, this is just a marketing effort. We've got some marketing people here, but you know, when you start to make those big decisions now and they got to roll up to the exec team and they're like, why are we doing this? I don't, I, I think I don't like this direction we should be doing, you know, and then the whole thing is like, it's on very, very shaky ground. Uh, so those are fantastic points. Okay. We did it. Uh, that was, I genuinely mean this. That was a fantastic call. I really do believe that there's value in people watching this, learning from your experience, hearing your thoughts. Thank you for spending time with me again, talking about time. It is a valuable resource. I appreciate the time we had with you in project. I appreciate the time I had with you today. I appreciate the time we still have with you as we're working on stuff with you all. And um, I don't know, I just look forward to supporting Kion as it continues to grow, as it will. Thank you, Bill. Awesome. No, thanks for uh, the partnership. Yeah, say hi I, to everyone. I yeah. will do. I'll pass along the love. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Yep.